Hello, Ramp Church. It is great to be with you today. I am here with our good friend, James Aladrin, who is um, part of Ramp Church, but also the founder of Prayer Storm, which is based here in Manchester, which you'll be hearing a little bit more about in a bit, for those of you who aren't familiar with James and Prayer Storm. But uh, James, it's great to have you this morning. Well, and... it's so good to be with you. I've been enjoying all the live streams online, and it's Aww. great to be part of it this time. Yes, well, we've been talking about um, what it means to be the church, yeah. and we have a lot of people that are new to um, to Ramp Church, yeah. to maybe even Christianity, and we just want to take time to kind of, in the month of September, just establish um, who we are and where we're headed as mm -hmm. followers of Jesus. Yeah. And um, this morning, I think what, what I want to talk about is something that I, I kind of I think I tend to worry about for myself mm. in some ways, but but also when I think of Ramp Church, it's one of my greatest concerns mm -hmm. for Ramp Church people, um, just in light of the culture that we live in, mm -hmm. and that is that we are keeping our temperature, our internal desire for God hot. Yeah. And um, let me, to start us out, I thought I would just open with the passage to okay. kind of, that will springboard off of. And those of you who are sitting there in your living rooms or your bedrooms, I encourage you to get your Bible out. And um, let's look at Revelation 3. And the question that I'm kind of wanting to pose is to be a follower of Jesus. You know, does it matter how much you love God, how hot your passion, uh, your desire, how intense mm -hmm. your desire for God is? Yeah. Um, is it okay, you know, do you, do you as a believer, you just, you just believe, you make a decision maybe when you're eight years old and then whatever follows that is just okay. As long as you make it into heaven, that's mm -hmm. all that matters. Mm -hmm. So I want to um, kind of take, I have a little prop here and this is a thermometer and you know, we're in the middle of this uh, lockdown. Greater Manchester is in the middle of this lockdown, in the middle of a pandemic. And one of the things that we are hearing a lot about, especially when you go into public places, even if, you know, in some of the churches that are open now, the first thing they do before you can cross the oh, yeah. threshold is they take your temperature okay. to make sure that you're healthy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that yeah. you don't have COVID. And this morning, uh, with much help from the Holy Spirit, I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit will be able to take our heart temperature yeah, and true. that we'll really be able to assess where yeah. our love and devotion is. Mm -hmm. um, because I think sometimes it's really easy to just get swept away with yeah. the stream and the current of, um, of culture. And, and before we know it, we have our love has grown cold. So we as the church, as followers of Jesus Christ, um, it does matter what our internal temperature towards God, God is. So let's read this. This is Revelation 3, 14 through 20. Mm. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. This is probably one of the most <laughs> intense passages of scripture. I mean, this is Jesus. He's, he's addressing a church there um, in actually one of the wealthiest cities. It was one of the wealthiest regions um, in that particular area. It was known for its textiles. It was known for its solve for the eyes, this medical um, you know, discovery that they had discovered for healing of the eyes and just was really wealthy. So Jesus is addressing this church. He says, I know your deeds are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. 
You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Now, before we dive into that, okay, there's one other passage that I want to be able to springboard off of, and that's another address to a church in Revelations 2. And the whole idea that we're trying to, um, to kind of address is, sorry about my phone. <laughs> the whole idea that we're trying to address is, does our temperature for God, does it matter how much we love God, how much we desire God? Like, are we supposed to just be, um, are we supposed to have a really like felt um, need for him? So listen to Revelations 2, 2 through 5. This says, I know your deeds and your toil and your patient endurance, that you cannot tolerate those who are evil and have tested and critically appraised those who call themselves apostles and are not and have found them to be liars and imposters. I know um, that you who believe are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. You've not grown weary. I mean, all of that's incredible. Mm -hmm. they've, they've definitely done well on some points. But then Jesus says, but I have this charge against you, that you have left your first love. Mm. You have, and this is in the Amplified version, it says, but I have this charge against you. You have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. Mm. So remember the heights from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Mm. Seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Mm. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand, the church, its impact from its place, un unless you repent. So two really intense passages, yeah. okay? And um, I want James to just be able to help share with us what we can do to keep our passion for Jesus hot, our devotion to him, um, really true and steadfast and, and wholehearted. In a culture, when we're surrounded by, you know, schoolmates and workmates mm -hmm. and a society that looks down on following mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. and is, mm -hmm. is cold and is indifferent to it. Yeah. And then you sometimes, you know, even can, other Christians can just become indifferent towards yeah. the things of God. Yeah. And we can slip into these religious robotics where we're doing the things, yeah. but our passion, I mean, that's mm -hmm. even what God is saying Absolutely. here. He's seen the deeds, mm -hmm. but their heart mm -hmm. has, way, has just been wayward in their love for Him. Mm. So Tell us some of your thoughts about, you know, first of all, is passion for God kind of just based on a personality or what is passion and what is not passion? Okay. What are we even talking about when we talk about passion for God? Okay, well, th there's a lot going through my mind as you've <laughs> read all the scriptures and then that question as well. Yeah. So we just see how God leads yeah, us. Yeah. But passion is not something that's personality dependent. Mm. We're all called to have passion. I mean, in fact, not just we're all called to have passion. We are emotional beings, just like God is an yeah. emotional being. He's given us emotions for a reason. Mm -hmm. And when I think of passion, I think of desire. Uh, I think about feeling. I think about emotions. And uh, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. If you just break that down, you cannot love the Lord with all your heart and your emotions be disconnected. That's good. And your desires be yeah, disconnected. Yeah. It says with all your mind, mm -hmm. so your thought life. Mm -hmm. So you, you break that down, and that is not even the second 
commandment, it is the first. Yeah. And it's not the greatest suggestion. It is the greatest commandment. Yes. And when I think about that, I understand that God is asking us to love Him with everything we are mm -hmm. because He's done that for us. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're married, you're married. You don't want to be uh, unequally yoked in love with your spouse. You don't want to be in a relationship where you love your spouse and they don't love you back. Mm -hmm. Or they, you've given everything to them, but somehow they're just giving you just a bit of their heart. Yeah. You want to yeah. be fully committed, like you know they are fully committed, and we know we're the bride of Christ, right? right. So to be fully in love with God means our passions are wholly given to God. Mm -hmm. And I think about desire because I think um, right now with COVID and all the restrictions and lockdown, all that's been going on, I think we, we need to understand there's real uh, onslaught of the enemy against uh, 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 our relationship with God, especially with our desire. Mm. Because um, yeah. desire is connected to appetite, you know. Mm. So if you're not desiring something, if you don't have the appetite for it, it's, it's unlikely you're going to give yourself to it. Really. That's very good. So, so appetite is absolutely key. And oftentimes when I think about this, I like to just connect it back to David. You know, David, Psalm 27, 4, David says, one thing I've desired of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 27, 4 for me was almost a bit of like a summary of David's pursuit in life, which is God, really. His passion for God. Mm. But it narrowed it down to one thing. And then he said, I have desired it. So it wasn't just an ideology. It wasn't just theology. It wasn't just something out there. He was feeling that deeply. And because he felt it deeply, it led to action. He said, one thing I have desired mm -hmm. and that will I seek. Yeah. And I'm going to pass it on to you in a sec. Because yeah, one going. story I'm thinking of right now that, uh, that captures the essence of desire and why passion is so important for me is a story that uh, something, something that happened to myself and Rebecca and Justice when he was a lot younger, about two or three years old. You know, uh, we're both uh, praying, myself and Rebecca in the room. And Justice, you know him, he's very lively, energetic, wants yes. to run around, you know. And so w I was trying to kind of hold him still and it wasn't working. So I just said, you know, let's just let him do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> so we just let him go and he just went somewhere. We just carried him praying for a bit and then it went quiet. And so I thought, and if you're a parent, you know that feeling when it goes quiet, especially if you have kids that are normally loud and everything just yes. goes quiet, you know they're most likely up to something. It's a so scary moment. I'm like, okay, it? what is going on? So we stopped. Well, I just left the room and was looking for him and I found him in the toilet, in the bathroom. <laughs> Do you know what he was doing? He was playing with the toilet roll and the toilet roll fell into the toilet. James, okay. no. And he took the toilet roll from inside the toilet and was sucking on it. Oh, that's so cringy. That is gross. Drinking water from the toilet while your son, Precious Justice. So, so I walked in on this, you know, so I'm screaming like, ah! So Rebecca comes in, so I was wrong. And this is what she says. She's like, oh, he's thirsty. <laughs> And I'm like, well, what do you mean he's thirsty? How could he even come out with those words, he's thirsty? Can you understand? Anyway, so, so, so at that point, I mean, it was kind of like, we just tried to see what we could do to clean up. Yeah. Later on that day, I was with some friends and this insight came up that just really blew me away. And it's this, that this generation is thirsty, but we're drinking from the toilet, mm, really. Wow. And when you think about that reality, you start to understand why sometimes our passions for God are where they are when we come into his presence to worship, to pray, to mm. seek him. Because it's not that we don't have appetite, but 
we have been filling the appetite with the wrong diet. Yeah. And it's like toilet water of the yeah. world. Yeah. So when we're consuming all that stuff, the appetite for God is there, but it's so low. Yeah. So when we now come to a place of prayer, come to a place of worship, it's not that we don't love God, but it's so low that we're already full. Yeah. On the wrong diet. Yeah. So there's actually not much space. Right. And it's a lot more work pushing through all the other junk we've been filling yes. ourselves with. Yes. So I want to start by saying this: that it's so key that we're cultivating our desire for God. Mm. It's so it's so important in dealing with um, this whole idea of uh, of passion, growing yeah, in passion yeah. for God. Yeah. But I want to pass it on to you because there's some more I can say about other areas. Okay. Well, we'll come back to you. But I think one thing to just insert here that that we can't um, we can't forget is that Christianity is a relationship. Yeah. I mean, Jesus died, not so that you would just be a well-behaved person. Absolutely. But he gave his life and rose again and then put his very spirit in you and in me so that we can be in this relationship, mm. this covenant relationship. Mm. And when we see marriages here on earth, those are just Polaroids. Those are just snapshots mm. of this eternal relationship that we now have access to in God. And, mm. and that's why when you, when you talk about desire, mm -hmm. you, if you talk about desire in the context of do's and don'ts, mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it's like, well, who yeah, cares yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to, or if you yeah, don't yeah, want yeah, to, yeah, just yeah. don't do it. And don't, and there is, there's definitely, um, there is a foundation of obedience, yes, an absolutely. element of obedience that is absolutely evidence of love mm -hmm, and evidence mm -hmm. of um, desire and mm -hmm, devotion to mm -hmm, God. Mm -hmm. But the framework for all of our obedience, the soil, the ground mm -hmm. that it springs from, um, the place where our roots go down is in this, this understanding that we are loved by God, absolutely. that we are invited into yeah. this relationship, that He loved us while we were imperfect yeah. and in sin. Yeah. And there is yeah. nothing that we can do to, to change, yes. to separate us from that love. Yeah. And so when then you talk about well being passionate for God mm -hmm. in the context of this relationship that was so important to him that he gave his most prized possession mm -hmm. Jesus his lifeblood was sacrificed so that we could be holy and brought into relationship with a holy God then yes we understand yeah desire he loved us first Absolutely. and we are loving him back and and also everybody i mean i don't know about you or becky but i i enjoy like a good romantic movie and i cannot take it we all we all we have this disgust do we not when when somebody is a hundred and ten percent in the relationship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the other person is not that yeah, into that yeah, person yeah, and is yeah, indifferent yeah. i mean we're like no mm -hmm. run go the other way they don't love you the same mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. we we are we have this wiring in our hearts for genuine connection yeah. and genuine love and relationship Absolutely. and what you were saying this first commandment to love God yeah all other loves spring from that absolutely it is it is the foundation we have to love God first and foremost to rightly love other people mm -hmm. but I think one of the challenges that we really have to um, even what you're talking about about our desires desires can be 
crowded out. And Jesus can be first mm-hmm. for a season, yeah. but those other loves, love of the world, mm-hmm. like it talks about in First John two, mm-hmm. desire for other things, they are they are rival. They are in yeah. competition for yeah. that first place. Yeah. Yeah. So once yeah. you set Jesus as Lord of your life and and enthrone Him there, mm-hmm. He doesn't just stay there. There, I mean, in the sense that you have to guard your heart absolutely and make sure that family and career mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. success and mm-hmm. even ministry they don't try to dethrone him absolutely so absolutely. what else do you have either related to that or unrelated i, I mean to that? a lot of things <laughs> just going off in my mind right now but i, I want to take a step back based on the statement you made about this is all about relationship because mm-hmm. it's so key people understand that it's not from a place of rules and regulations, even though there's a foundation of obedience, like you said. But I heard this some years ago, and it really helped me to just think through this uh, concept we're talking about. And it's a formula, kind of, like rules plus, uh, rules plus regulations minus relationship equals rebellion and resentment. Wow. The fact that Mm. it's not just a case of do, oh, I'm just going to do all these things. Mm -hmm. The basis of that, just like you're saying, Mm -hmm. is relationship. Another point I want to make before I talk about something you you referenced. And what you said is that we are seeking God and loving God and going after Him and fasting and prayer. We're doing that not for love, but from love. Mm -hmm. And you made reference to that, that God already loves. Listen, God already loves you whether you pray or not. God is not going to love you more because you pray. But when you pray and you spend time with Him, you open up yourself to access what's already available to you. God is not going to love you more because you fasted, because you prayed, now you're God's favorite. I don't think it works well. I know it doesn't work that way. Because Jesus, I mean, the Father said to Jesus, you are my beloved son. Yes. That was before he did the 40-day fast. Yeah. In yeah. fact, after the Father said that to Jesus mm-hmm. was when he did the 40-day fast. Come on. So he was fasting and praying from love, mm-hmm. not for it. Come on. And that has to, it's, it's such a subtle shift. Because what can happen is people start to almost do these things to earn something from God. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you end up into this place of striving and you end up in a place where you're burnt out because mm-hmm. you're not doing it from a place of rest and confidence mm-hmm. about how God sees you. So that's very critical. Yes. However, something else I want to point out is I've been in the UK now since 2001, several years. And so, I've, you know, in the way God's led me, I've mixed with a lot of white English people. And a lot of the ministry that we do with Prayer Storm, we often... Uh, 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 gather lots of white people, lots of English people, and sometimes obviously Africans as well, part of mm-hmm. that. But I, I, over the years, I've had certain conversations that made me just rethink um, how I am as a person mm-hmm. and how I pray and how I worship. Because yeah. uh, I've heard comments, maybe not said this way, but in essence saying things like, you know, you're passionate because you're African. You're, 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 you're the way you are because you're from mm-hmm. a different culture. You're not mm-hmm. from over here. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't really understand what it's like to be a British in that sense. Well, I do in a sense because I've lived there, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 yeah. years now. So yeah. I kind of get it. I understand that I wasn't born here. Mm-hmm. And so people can use that excuse. They're, well, so it's okay for you to be like that. Well, I'm not, gonna, I'm not really supposed to be like that. Now, I, mean, I want to make this clear. I don't think everyone is supposed to look like me. Sure. I don't think everyone is, when I say look like me, in terms of temperament, yeah. in terms of personality, yeah. God has made us all different for a reason. Mm-hmm. God has not called us to uh, uh, uniform, uh, God has called us to unity, not that we all become the same, right. uh, uniformity, yeah, that we all yeah. dress them, talk the same, yeah, the yeah. same. You know, th- there is diversity in unity, right. which, which makes it powerful. Now, this concept helps me 
um, uh, whenever I, I, I talk to people that have a different temperament, it helps me communicate to them that being passionate is not just for me. Now, when I am passionate, I'm going to shout. Yeah. My volume is probably a bit higher than average right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I am upset, I am going to shout. Yeah, Most yeah. of the time, Rebecca yeah. will tell you that. So, so, so the point is, that is my temperament. Yeah. And when I look through scripture, the person that I identify with from a temperamental point of view is Elijah. Mm, because yeah. Elijah, when he got angry, he called down fire from heaven and burned people <laughs> up. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to have some discussion. He was like, that's the end of. Everybody you know? run for cover. No, <laughs> I'm just so, so Elijah was very intense yeah. Yeah. in his personality. He didn't take, he, he was very black and white. He was right. like, he, he, he did not mess about, right. you know. But when I think about Abraham, Abraham was definitely not like Elijah. Mm -hmm. Because you read about how he interacted with God yeah. and you get a glimpse into his personality type. Mm -hmm. When I read about Daniel, mm -hmm. I see someone that has a completely different kind of... It, the, how they related with God was based on the same principle of passion, yeah. but the outworking of it was slightly different in how it compares to Elijah's life. Mm -hmm. And then compare that with Jeremiah, compare that with Isaiah, compare that with Paul. Yes. You see that all these were people who were 100% on fire for God. Right. But they were able to take their personality and express that in their spirituality. Yeah. So they didn't just allow their spirituality to be something over here. They come to church and they're just going to be quiet. Right. Because that's what they do when they come to church. Yeah. If they allowed people, they come to church, they're going to release their voice. Now, my, my, what I tend to say to people is, uh, it, most people have a, a way of reacting or responding to things. For example, I've mm -hmm. got my blood brother, Stephen. Okay. He is um, uh, very calm. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're kind of like really opposites. Yeah. When he is happy, when he's sad, when he's mad, when he's glad, <laughs> same tone of voice. <laughs> now... If he were to come into a context and he's expressing his passion for God and he's just doing as that is that is him. I'm not going to judge him right. because he's not as loud as me. Yeah. But yeah. what might get me to question how wholehearted he is, is mm -hmm. if I'm seeing him in other contexts mm -hmm. when he's watching football. Yeah, or yeah. when he's uh, excited about something else, yep. and he's expressing himself wholeheartedly in there, mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. it comes to a spiritual environment and it's almost shut down, mm -hmm. then for me, there's a problem there. Yeah. Because that tells me something else is having more of my passion, mm -hmm. my expression mm -hmm. of my love right. than the God who deserves it. Yeah, yeah. So there is, a, there is a, a, a realignment that needs to take right. place there. So just to round this up, I would say, I, I, when I talk about this, I, I call it prayer personalities. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out your temperament in terms of, as you look through scripture, who are the individuals that capture a bit about uh, how God has made you? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you don't, you don't have to pray like me, shouting all the time, yeah. but you have to be passionate. 
yeah. in how you pray. You have to be passionate in how you commune with God. Okay, and I say, prayer is not all about just shouting because what's the name? Hannah prayed intensely mm-hmm. and she wasn't shouting mm-hmm. and her prayer broke through and gave birth to Samuel. Yes. Yep. So, so I'm yep. not, it's not just the formula, right. it's where the heart is. Yeah. And it's that you are wholly given to God in your heart, mm-hmm. not just focusing on the outward expression, but when you're wholly given to God in your heart, it will spill over in your outward expression somehow yes. through your personality. Yes. And that's what we're trying to get at, that God yeah. has to have the best of us, not the leftovers. Yeah. Not because we're in some environment, we're trying to just make things fit into a box. This is how it's meant to be when we're in church. We're just meant to become and collected right. and British. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Right, so whatever, maybe an introvert. Or I'm just, I, you know, you're, you're saying something that the Bible, Jesus even talked about clearly, and that is there's, there is outward evidence. Yes for what your heart worships. Absolutely. You know, Jesus said in Matthew um, 6, I think it is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. <laughs> so, so one of the outward evidences of what you're really passionate about is where you consider your treasure. Where's mm. your investment, your money, your... Um, and then also he says that the, the, mouth over, the mouth will speak what is in the heart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, if you, if, you never, if you never are just flowing in conversation or flowing in thought and you go to God, mm. then you may need to check yeah. what, what is in your heart. If we never hear, you know, you, you talk about God ever or, mm. or there's, there's nothing on any of your social platforms yes. about God or, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you want, it should be, your passion will be evident. Yes. Where, it's where your sacrifice yes. is. It's yes. where your thoughts wonder. Yes. And, and, and the thing is, we have to steward that. That. It's just mm-hmm. what you're saying. You're not, you're not born into, um, y- y- it's not like some people before they know God, like is, are they just coming out with a passion for God? Mm. It's the flame of the Holy yes. Spirit that is then stewarded in your life that you tend, that you, just like any relationship. Yes. I mean, you and Becky have been married for how many years? <laughs> How many years now? Eight years? Eight years. So if, if you didn't invest in that, you just put that relationship on autopilot. Okay, where you're just in cruise control, and um, and I were you did that once you got married, so you made the decision to marry Becky, and then you put it on autopilot, and you said, you know what, I love you, Becky, but I've got other things to do. You know, I'm really busy. I've got kids. I've got a career. I've got a ministry, Becky, and I love you, and I hope that this act of marriage sustains you in knowing that for the rest of our life. I mean, how do you think your marriage would be eight I'll, years later? Uh, I'll be in lots of, lots of trouble. Yeah. I I mean, I'd probably argue you may not be married anymore because it takes two people in a relationship. And we know that God is committed in this relationship. Oh, God is so committed. He is so faithful to us. So we have to work with the Holy Spirit to steward the passion in our heart for Him (laughs) and communicate with Him. And and so let's talk about, let's even talk about prayer and how communication (laughs) um, with God and prayer and fasting (laughs) helps us stay hot. Mm. Now, before I, I, I hear your thoughts on how prayer and fasting kind of helps us steward our devotion and bring us into wholehearted engagement with God, mm-hmm. um, I want to read this quote by this pastor, um, John Piper, and he's commenting on the, the first passage that I read in Revelations 3. And he's basically just pointing out that the essence of lukewarmness is what Jesus said that particular church was saying. It was, I need nothing. Mm. 
Like it is this satisfaction. Mm. I have no need. Mm. I am rich. I am, I am, I am okay. And Jesus is countering that and saying, no, you are actually spiritually destitute. You need mm -hmm. to come find mm -hmm. your treasure, find mm -hmm. your righteousness in me. Mm -hmm. So John Piper is commenting on this and he says, you can take your spiritual temperature by whether you feel in your heart a great need to seek God in prayer and fasting. The essence of lukewarmness is the statement, I need nothing. Hmm. The lukewarm are spiritually self-satisfied. Wow, to find out whether you are among that number, hmm. don't look into your head to see if you think that you are needy. Rather, look at your prayer life. It doesn't matter what we think in our head. The test of whether we are in bondage to spiritual self-satisfaction is how earnest and frequent and extended mm. our prayers for change are. Mm. And I, you know, when I look over um, the, my journey with God and how there's been ebbs and flows to my little fire for God, you know, sometimes mm. it's like a bonfire and other times it's mm -hmm. like, oh, like burn on the, you know, <laughs> blow on the embers, keep it alive. I think prayer and fasting, um, in addition to church community, which we'll mm -hmm. talk about some next week, but prayer and fasting has just so helped me remind myself of the truth that I need God. Mm. I love what Heidi Baker says about fasting. It makes you hungry. Absolutely. <laughs> so how has prayer and fasting, how have you seen it? Just even the discipline of it, yeah. the habit of prayer, the yeah. habit of fasting, yeah. help you stay hot for God. Well, there is no other way of stewarding passion for God apart from getting into His presence, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't really think of any other way. So yeah. um, I often, uh, just before I go into that uh, uh, question, I often think about the throne room of God and the fact that Daniel had a vision of the throne room and there was a fiery stream coming from it. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Ezekiel had a vision of the throne room and God we saw in Ezekiel 1, I think somewhere around there, you see he had a vision of the man on the throne and his description of him was that he was on fire. Mm, okay. Mm. And then you go into uh, uh, Isaiah 6, he mm -hmm. has a vision of the throne room and you have the seraphim who are also called burning ones. Mm. And then John has a vision of the throne room, he sees fire around it, seven lampstands, and he sees Jesus whose eyes are a flame of fire. Mm -hmm. So let's just break that down. The man is on fire, his eyes are on fire, fire is coming out from the throne. <laughs> the throne, according to Daniel, is on fire. Wow. Yeah. So everything around God is on fire. Yeah. How can you tell me you're close to God and not on fire? Wow, yes. It, it, it's impossible. Yeah. So the closer you get to God, the more his passion becomes a reality, mm. burning on your heart. Mm -hmm. So you have to... Uh, um, be deliberate on creating the environment where you are going to encounter that fire mm. on a regular basis yeah. because the, 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 the stresses of life, mm -hmm. the distractions of it's like the waters of this world that seek to drown out that flame. So you have to be conscious. Yeah. You have to be deliberate. And I want to go back to the scripture I, I kind of started with in um, uh, uh, Psalm 27 4 David says one thing I have desired mm -hmm. and that will I seek yeah so he didn't just have a desire the desire led to action seeking yeah so and this is this is critical what I'm about to say here desire without discipline will dissipate mm -hmm. you, you can't just 
Come you on. can't just live in a place. Oh yeah, I just got this desire. Well, so what? What yeah. what's, what's that desire gonna lead to? It's kind of like we sing often times in church. Set a fire down in my house, in my yeah, soul. I yeah, can't yeah. It's easy to sing that, but it's not quite easy to live that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're singing it, but our life isn't showing it. Saying, "Oh God, set a fire in my heart. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God." You sang that the first Sunday, the second Sunday, on the Wednesday. And every other time you sang it afterwards, you didn't create any time to seek him. Yeah. You just sang it in the yeah. church, but the next morning you just woke up, went to work, didn't bother to talk to him. Yeah. And then you waited till the next Sunday to sing it. I want more of you, God. You're singing it to him. He's like, you don't really mean it because yeah. you're saying you want more, but there is no space for me to encounter you with that mm. more. So practically, on, you need to create this pla the place of prayer for me to keep that fire burning. It's a place of dis. I have to be disciplined mm -hmm. about my prayer life. Mm -hmm. I have to wake up in the morning and go to a space where I am seeking God. And yeah. I'm real with God. Lord, my heart is feeling cold this morning. Yeah. There's no point trying to pretend. Right. <laughs> Lord, my heart is feeling distracted right yeah. now. Lord, I am reading your word, but nothing seems to be going in right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am as honest as I am. As I'm, I'm as honest as I can be with God, but I crave the environment. And then there are times where I'm just on my, I'm just weeping because the presence of God is impacting me and mm -hmm. then there are other times where I don't feel anything right. but I just stay there and I seek him and I worship and I pray and you see it's, it's not formula I'm creating the environment mm -hmm. for him to encounter me it's Come called on. an altar yeah so it's, it's a meeting place mm -hmm. so I'm saying God here I am okay I, I I might have lots to say I might not have much to say I might mm -hmm. just be here to wait before you you might give me something to pray about well Lord regardless here I am mm -hmm. and what I'm realizing is even as I'm in ministry right now uh, and I'm married and I've got two kids I'm realizing, goodness me, I need more time. Mm, come on. <laughs> I, I, you might be watching this, you're a mother, you've got kids, or yeah, you, you yeah. know, and you might be watching this, you're single. Listen, don't waste your time. Yes, come on. <laughs> don't waste your time. Then you know what? I can just watch all the movies I want to watch. I always oh, locked down. I can just be on Netflix or whatever it is all day. I can do this, do this, yeah. play social media. You're using all your time. Listen, as you grow in life and, you know, maybe you get married, you get settled, your, your time, your resource reduces. Yeah. And right now, I do spend time with the Lord and I'm pressing into his presence, but I almost miss in some ways yeah. the hours I used to have some years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I have to reorder my whole life in yes. a way where um, I can have that time regularly. But if yeah. I want to have extended times like I'm yeah. craving, oftentimes it's like, okay, I need to think about how I'm going to reorder all these. And they're not things that it's just, oh yeah, I'm just watching movies. It's just life responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying you have to make the most of the season you're in, but you have to be deliberate about creating that space. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen by accident. Right. It's not going to happen by accident. You have to be deliberate about saying, okay, God, I'm going to... I'm going to wake up 13 minutes early. I'm going to wake up an hour early. I'm going to mm. wake up two hours early. Whatever is reasonable for where you're at. You have to yeah. be honest about yeah. that with the Lord. And then start to give yourself regularly to that. I'll round up this concept with this statement. Mm. I heard Mike Bickle some years ago. It says, it's better to hit 100%. Sorry, it's better to hit 80% of a target than hit 100% of zero target. Mm. In other words, most people have no target for their spiritual development. Yeah. They don't think, okay, this is my commitment to spending time with God mm -hmm. and stewarding this flame and this fire. This is my commitment. 
it's better to hit 80% of that target because mm -hmm. you're aiming for something yes. than have no target. You know, I'm just going to pray whenever I can. I'm just going to pray whenever maybe they call a prayer meeting or whenever I go to church and this, they, they do a prayer at the beginning of the service, whatever it is. Yeah. Some people just don't have a focused target. It's so critical for this spiritual development. Yeah. And, you know, James, I think, I think we just, we can't really argue that no matter what season of life, we make time for what we care about. Absolutely. And I know that sounds like so pastor cliche of me to say, but I mean, we have, I'm, I'm not super old, but I've been through university. <laughs> I've had newborns. I've had new marriage. I've had, you know, and, and it is, it, if it matters to you, and I'm not saying you feel like mm -hmm. I'm not like, I'm not saying if you feel fuzzy about getting time with God. No, I'm saying if, if you've made a commitment mm -hmm. and you value that commitment or mm -hmm. you value that relationship, you will make time for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I just want to, I, I say this to you, Ramp Church, um, all the time. And I'm saying this not to shame you. I'm saying this as a Repent if you need to repent. Seek yeah, God yeah, if you need. Yeah. If if you you know if you're listening to this and you feel like oh my God like am I even saved? I have I I <laughs> certainly I think that is a good question to ask. I think you need to to reflect. And Absolutely. if you reflect and you think gosh, like I spend all my time just doing whatever I want. You know I think one of the biggest um, tell signs of what our passion is. It's mm. what we do with our extra. Uh, wow, you know, wow. it's how I spend my free time. Yeah, it's what do I yeah, do with that yeah, extra yeah, hundred pounds yeah, that I just got yeah, in the mail. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. as I know as like a young family, you can probably relate to this. There's not a whole lot of extra. It's like <laughs> I, I have um, I have some time with God and then I have, you know, money that I have set aside and oriented. It's everything else yeah. is oriented around Christ. Yeah. And I've got this budgeted out mm -hmm. that I make sure that I have time with him. And <laughs> but then sometimes you're blessed with something extra <laughs> well then what do you choose yeah, and that yeah, shows and, yeah, and there's yes. it's God's will for every single one of you no yeah. matter what your stage of life no yeah. matter how many courses you're taking in university no yeah. matter how many little kids you have at home um, I'm not saying it's ch um, it's easy peasy but I'm saying in the sacrifice in the choice mm. God is there to pour fuel on your fire absolutely and like when when I was um, you know when I was mom of three little tiny little ones the time when they were asleep is like gold. Mm. It's like when the kids are asleep and I'm a super productive person. I don't mm. like a messy house. I like to get things done. <laughs> and part of my discipline was mm. I'm going to take time that's really valuable when they're asleep. Mm. And this is like when I really like my natural man just wants to blaze through yeah. the to-do list yeah. and get a thousand things done. I felt the Lord say, give me that time because mm. that's your most valuable. That is your most costly mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. because you're either being productive or you're sleeping, mm. which are both so important <laughs> when you have little kids. And oh, um, I'm not saying I'm, this is why I'm, okay, this I just have to say, that does not mean spend all of your free time in God's presence and never wash the dishes yeah, and never do yeah, laundry. Yeah. I'm talking about my personal tendency mm -hmm. is I will err on the side of being overproductive. Mm. And um, so there is a, where there's a will, there is a way. Mm. And I've heard you say this before, James, take out your calendar mm -hmm. and submit it to God and ask when Absolutely. and how. What are Absolutely. some other little tips we're gonna wrap this up but stay with us because i have i want to end with just some practical things on how what you consume actually impacts how you feel and we're going to give you hope um in, a, in how to keep your fire burning but what are some practical tips on even adjustments and disciplines habits that people can establish i know you've already touched on a few but yeah yeah so i just recap some things i've touched on anyway i, I think what you said is important um come before the lord and ask Lord, 
how can I give my time to you? Lord, you know my calling, you know my lifestyle, you know everything going on in my life right now. Lord, how can I give you my time mm -hmm. on a daily basis, yeah. on a regular basis that's honoring you, but mm -hmm. also stewarding the fire of your presence in my heart? Ask him those questions, bring out your diary and just, just explore. Are you a more productive person at night? Are you a more productive person in the mm -hmm. morning? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a formula. I think for me, I think mornings are better. Mm -hmm. But for someone else, in fact, I know uh, some amazing men of God who the nighttime around midnight is when they have their most productive, effective times of prayer. Yeah. You know, and some of them actually go out walking to pray. You know, and that's how they have their time of prayer with God. Mm -hmm. They go out uh, an hour, two hours, whatever it is. They just do that. That's not me. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, some people like to go out in nature and that's how they kind of engage with God. For me, if I do that, I find it distracting to pray. <laughs> For me, productive time with God is lock me in a room. Mm -hmm. No one else there. Yeah. No kids screaming out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just silence. Yeah. Maybe some worship music, a Bible and I'm good. I can yeah. stay there for hours. That's me. But I understand that's not everyone. So you need to understand your temperament. And yeah. then just practically bring that before the Lord. And be, 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 um, be realistic about the targets you set yourself mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Because for some of you, you can easily spend an hour with God every day. Easily. Mm -hmm. oh, an hour. But I remember the first time I prayed for an hour, I felt like I was the most spiritual person on the planet. <laughs> And, you know, I was a lot younger, yeah, I think yeah. my early teens or something. I was like, my goodness, I had this for an hour, that's incredible. Yes. So initially, when you start doing this, it's not always going to feel like amazing breakthrough. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it could start out as a discipline. But you need to understand that as you create that space, God is going to encounter you that you have to be realistic. You know, some of you, you've never prayed for an hour before. I, don't, I wouldn't encourage you to start setting a target for three hours every day. Yeah. <laughs> because, On a water fast. <laughs> exactly. Right. You start with where you're at. If right. you've never spent time with God for that length of time, but you want to do that long term, start in reasonable steps. For example, mm -hmm. maybe aim for 30 minutes. Okay. And you might go, well, what am I going to do in 30 minutes? Well, there's a lot you can do in the presence of God. You can worship. You can be silent, yes, you can read on. the word, you can wait. There's so much you can do in that time. And I'm telling you, when you do this, you realize 30 minutes is not enough. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. And the yeah. more you're spending time with God, the more you realize, gosh, I wish I had more time to yeah, just wait, yeah. to just listen, to yeah. not just rush. Because the last thing you want as well is just to rush your time with God. Wait, I just want to get this over and done. With that mindset, you're not going to connect. Yeah. You, you, you're just going to go through the motions, but your heart is not going to engage to a place where something comes from heaven that right. touches you. Because yes. really, that's the essence of what we're trying to do. Yes. You're wanting connect. heaven to yes. touch you. Yes. And the flesh and the hurry, the yeah. haste, yeah. those things will get in the way. So you have to make sure you're being practical about getting rid of those distractions. One thing I often do is write things down. Mm -hmm. Many times I'm about to start to pray, and you know what comes to my mind? Things I forgot to do the day before. Mm -hmm. Things I forgot to do weeks ago. Maybe someone texted me three weeks ago yeah, and, I, yeah. and I didn't. I forgot to re respond. And I'm about to pray. So yeah. I just write it down. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I just put it out of the way right there. For example, this gone Sunday I was praying and I remember the pastor texted me. And I had not texted back in three weeks. Oh, gosh. And it was something about, you know, prayer or something. Yeah, yeah. So I, was, I just text back, I'm so, so, so sorry. Yeah. And I was like, deal with that later. But the point is... I get it out of my mind mm -hmm. because I'm trying to clear out all the stuff the that's going to stop mm -hmm. me 
from the place where I can truly just engage and yeah. encounter God and he can speak to me and the distractions out of the way. So there are just some practical things yeah. you can do. Set yourself those targets. And then my experience is as you begin to do that, you find that the time is not enough mm-hmm. and you want to create some extra yeah. time. And you can just work out yourself with the Lord and see what times you can mm-hmm. make to mm-hmm. spend with him. That's good. You know, um, yeah. I've got to just insert some some little health and nutrition bits that's so parallel with this. And one of the, you know, I studied health and nutrition at university and I've, I've learned that you actually crave what you consistently feed yourself. Wow, wow, wow. So it's, it is a decision and yeah, a discipline yeah, and yeah. then you start to crave it. Yeah. And I can remember the first time I ever heard um, a talk on nutrition. I was actually in eighth grade and the revelation hit me from this talk that what I eat actually affects how I feel. (laughs) That I can't eat, 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 consume, 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 and feel amazing unless I'm putting the right Right stuff in. And I think one one pitfall that I just want to make sure you you realize, (laughs) Ramp Church, I know this sounds so duh, but why do we provide all of these things? Why does James have prayer storm with these environments that are hot? How, why do we do home groups and church Sunday morning? And it, it is certainly not so you can feel religious. Mm. And that is my fear, is that you will, will have some sort of self-righteous mm-hmm. ego because you are watching church from your sofa in your pajamas and think that that's what Christianity is about. But we are providing these environments because if you consume the life-giving word of God and the spirit of God and biblical community, it does affect how you feel about God. It affects your affections. It impacts your affections and desires. So we don't just do these things because we're looking for things to do. We do them in service to you because Mm -hmm. we know it's hard to keep your fire burning. We know that you're out in a wet, cold climate and you need, you need not just your own personal time, but you need positive peer influence. You mm-hmm. need examples. You know, who do you look up to? Yeah. All of those things. Who are you following on yeah. Instagram and all this, yeah. all of this consuming that you're doing? You. Yes. What is feeding you is impacting your appetite. So in closing, James, give us some things. Tell us a little bit about what Prayer Storm is doing right now and how these people watching behind this lens can tune in to just receive some of the fire that's on your life and Becky's life um, to bless them. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna thank you so much for that opportunity, Stacey. Um, before I say something about that, yeah. as you were speaking, I was thinking of something else that is connected, and is that I, you know, you made a statement earlier about you know you might be watching this thinking, oh, am I saved? And I've had that feeling listening to certain people mm-hmm. when they talk about their relationship with God or when they yeah. expand on scripture. I'm like, oh my goodness, am I saved? <laughs> but but you know what? Those are the people I run to often. Mm. And those are the things I put around me. So Rebecca will tell you, I'm either listening to a, a, a sermon or a preach from someone that is carrying something that's challenging me on the yeah, call, yeah. or I'm having worship around, yeah. or I'm surrounding myself with things yes. that's constantly challenging me. Just like what you said, because I'm feeding myself with the word, I'm feeding myself with the right environments yeah, around me. Yeah. So guess what? My appetite is going to keep yeah. increasing. Oh yeah, I want to spend time with God. Oh yeah, oh right. my goodness, I want to, because it's like iron sharpening iron. I'm yes. around the right yes. company. I'm surrounding yes. myself with the right things, feeding my mind the right things. It abs- it, I mean, I'm telling you, this has a massive impact on my desire level. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that. In fact, when I'm feeling dull in my heart, I know certain people I'm going to listen to. Mm-hmm. I know the yeah, right, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I need to listen to him, I need to listen to that yes. person, I need to get this. Yeah. Just one message, I know where they're at in God. Yeah, Just yeah. one message is enough 
to shake me out of my yes. distraction, yes, whatever it is. Good. So, so surround yourself with so that. Good, now, James. having said all that, Prayer Storm is one of those places. I hope that we are a ministry that can provide environments where people can get stirred up. Yeah. So, one thing we have been doing is hosting um, uh, twice a week a uh, space online for worship. And uh, a bit of prayer, but more worship, really. Yeah. So Rebecca and myself host that from our home. It's a live stream. It's on Tuesdays and it's Thursdays, you know, because of all the restrictions and all that's mm -hmm. going on. You know, um, it's just been difficult to have meetings. And so we've been doing that. You can definitely tune into that. Also, over the lockdown period uh, here in Manchester, it, it, when it started in March, we did like a 90 nights of worship and, and prayer. And that's online. You can mm. watch that. However, something that I've never said apart from this morning to my wife, that we might start very soon. And I wanted to do this because I'm so stirred about this. It's just doing an online prayer thing, like mm. a live stream prayer. Yeah. That's more, it's not, not so much worship, but there might be a bit of worship, but it's more focused on just prayer yeah. and getting people on fire, getting myself focused, getting people focused and going after God Sounds in the midst of this distraction. Yeah. So I want to say watch this space. I've said it publicly now, so I guess I have to do something yeah. about it. <laughs> watch it because we're about to start yeah. some kind of extended, consistent streams right. for just prayer. Mm -hmm. Whereas online, it might just be me or me and someone. I don't know how it's going to be. Sounds amazing. But just uh, you can connect with Preston online and mm -hmm. Facebook and YouTube and all these places because yeah. we, we stream our uh, meetings all on those platforms. So good. Yes. Yeah, so let's so get plugged into prayer storm and let's just, why don't we close in prayer? Yeah. And, um, you know, what's the, what's the type of prayer you need to pray if you're listening to this and you feel like, you know, all the things that we've talked about, it's exactly what Jesus instructed them to do. Let him in, come, he's knocking, open your heart and just say, Jesus, I'll receive you and I need you. I am spiritually in every way in need of you. And then repent. What does repentance mean? It means change your mind, change directions. Mm -hmm. Implement, do something, write out how you're going to do something. But repentance is something that is part of our lifestyle. It's mm -hmm. not just a one-time occurrence mm -hmm. and it leads us to fresh fire. Mm -hmm. So let's pray, Ramp Church. And maybe you're there and you're just boiling hot for Jesus. I still want you to join in prayer with us right now for mm -hmm. fresh fire on every heart that we can be the bride of Christ that is fully wholeheartedly in love with God. Lord, we thank you for your passionate pursuit of us when we were dead and indifferent towards you. When we were ignoring you, when we thought that you weren't a necessity in our life, you pursued us, you ordered our steps, you opened our eyes to see your love. And Lord, we thank you for that love that you have revealed. We want to know more of your love, Jesus. And we just welcome, Holy Spirit, your fire on our heart to expose and, and reveal um, loves that are trying to get first place. Mm. Lord, when you are only entitled in, to that spot. Mm. So we ask for a fresh move of Holy Spirit now over every household, over every heart. We ask for refining fire, Lord, to purify our hearts of other gods and other desires that yes, have Lord. crowded you out, that have tried to um, wane our passion for you, Lord. Mm. We repent of our indifference, God. We repent of our spiritual indifference, of, mm. of not even caring or acting on the fact that we don't want you. Mm. And Lord, we need you to even want you. So we receive you right now, Holy Spirit. Yes. We receive the divine help of Holy Spirit that, mm. bur um, that just blows on the embers of our heart. Yeah. And Lord, 
we declare over our own selves, over our family, over Ramp Church, that we will love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we will require your presence, that we will seek you first and foremost, and that you are our chief desire, that we desire above all others. Lord, we want it to be true in every facet of our lives, that you are the treasure that is worth leaving all behind for, that you exceed and surpass every other worldly desire. We thank you for your mercy and your love towards us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've just prayed that prayer, if you have just repented of being lukewarm, of being indifferent, if you've just prayed a prayer that you really meant for more of God, I want you to click that button and let us know. Let us know I am on pursuit for more of God. I am waking up from my slumber, and we want to reach out to you and do this together with you. Thank you for watching. We will see you next Sunday.